If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 74 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're social selling. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Jonathan Soros is here to talk about social selling. We'll get to that in just a moment. Coming soon, Taylor Ryan will be in to talk about some of the changes in the Google algorithm. That all just happened a couple of weeks ago, and I was able to grab him for a few minutes the other day, and we'll have that talk soon. And later on, we'll have a couple of episodes with Rob Whedon of Deal Signal and Jeremy Middleton of Pramata to discuss data, intent, and marketing. Prism HR CMO Scott Horn will be here to tell us what it's like to market a high-growth company. And in the weeks ahead, we've snagged Victor Machado of Post and Wall to go a bit deeper on SEO versus SEM, and Angel Hollis Vaccaro of Deloitte will be here to discuss the Deloitte report Beyond Marketing Experience Reimagined. Other names to drop, A.J. Wilcox on the social media minefield, Joe Martin of Cloud App on video, and lots more. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19, or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. I want to invite you to have a listen to my other venture, the innovation podcast, the iPod with Garnett Harriman. Lots of fun stuff happening there. Head over to the innovationpodcast.co to tune in. Okay, on to Jonathan Soros. He's founder and CEO at Agency Labs. His firm builds websites, software, and mobile apps for companies around the globe. One common denominator, social media. He's become an expert on social selling. So we dug into how to best use social media, when to sell, when to market, and lots more. This is part one. So let's get to it. Jonathan Soros, thanks for joining me. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be on your show. So everyone uses social media. I use it, you use it, probably everybody in our families use it, but few marketers really know how to make it work for them. So what's the secret to success? I think there's a couple secrets. The first is dumb luck. Uh, everyone <laughs> has a situation where they share something and before they know it, it'll go viral. Hopefully it's nothing right. defamatory that if you're on an airplane and by the time you land, your life's ruined. Right. But um, usually if you're thoughtful about your content or if it's something that 
you know, is truly meaningful to you and potentially a lot of other people and it resonates. People like to right. engage. I think aside from that, video content is a lot more dominant nowadays. Yeah. Because people, you know, they want visual stimulation. And if you're on Twitter or right. LinkedIn, you're just seeing, you know, text after text after text. And engaging video is really what lures people in. So it seems to me that the platform you use depends on what you want to accomplish or what audience you're chasing. So how do you advise CEOs, CMOs, and all those guys with C's in their title on which platforms to use? I'm a fan of all the platforms. As you mentioned, you know, they all have their, you know, specific focus. Facebook tends to be where, you know, friends and family congregate. I tend to share more more photos of my dog and my and my my children. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tend to be a little bit more opinionated because it's a bit more closed off, and I feel more comfortable. Sure. Uh, Instagram, I mean, it's it's really engaging with con. It's it's more so engaging with content, the the, the more visual s- stimulation. LinkedIn, which I'm the biggest fan of, if you are uh, a C level executive, I think having a LinkedIn profile that's really buttoned up is extremely important and also actively engaging on LinkedIn because the more you engage, the more visibility you not only are to your network, but to your extended network as well. And everything around LinkedIn is about you know thought leadership. And if you want to build your brand, your personality, giving your time in terms of your knowledge experience on LinkedIn usually adds a lot of value as you're, you know, building up your own personal exposure. Yeah, LinkedIn to me at least, a few years ago, it was kind of a nice platform because you didn't get spam. You know, it was really uh, high-level professional discussions that happened. You could network with people. But one thing I've noticed in, in the last year or two is that I get a lot of unsolicited email and, you know, messages in the platform mm-hmm. that a lot of the posts that are in their algo are showing up in my feed are not necessarily relevant to me. Have you noticed that same kind of pattern? Is it just part of a social network maturing I think it's it's definitely the maturity of LinkedIn and also too after they got acquired they're trying to monetize it for a number of different angles so sponsored in mail uh, while it was very appealing a lot of people took that and automatically started spamming and we do a lot of you know social selling which I might talk about a little bit later on but um, we've tested out different uh, strategies on LinkedIn because I really like building relationships on, on LinkedIn and we did a very small test campaign with sponsored in-mail and the engagement was nothing I mean it was probably like the worst yeah. spend I ever had and a, a big reason for that is for one most notifications on LinkedIn go to your personal email address so if you're trying to sell someone on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and they've signed up with their personal email no one wants to get pitched on their you know, Gmail address. They think you're a recruiter or someone that, you know, is trying to source them for something else. So that approach is is pretty in- ineffective if you're really using, you know, sponsored in-mail. I mean, it's great for recruiters on that side, but for the general kind of folks le- networking or selling on there, it's pretty ineffective. The rest, I mean, it's, it really boils down to the content that you're engaging not only on LinkedIn, but you know elsewhere, what keywords that they're picking up on your LinkedIn profile, and also to the the people that, that you're connecting with. So they try us to do some semblance of relevancy. And now they're getting into the different emotional likes that uh, Facebook is doing. So they're trying different things to figure out what their mix is. But I think you're right. 
they had a really good thing and I think they're trying too hard to be to be a, a little bit something that they're not intended to be yeah you said a word that I I want to explore a little bit you said content mm -hmm. and a lot of success in social media comes down to content don't you think and and what are the rules that you apply to this when you're working with clients so I'm kind of anti-content or a minimalist when it comes to content. Yeah. And I, I really believe that we live in an age that we're inundated with content. Of course. Yeah. If you think about from an email perspective, like when's the last time someone or you opened up a newsletter and actually went through and clicked through, um, aside from some, maybe a product that you really love that you're, you you know, want to sell on, for the most part, I mean, I get hundreds of them on a weekly basis. I don't click any yeah. uh, just because I don't have the time. I think many people are finding that. And even on social, you have to be very kind of cautious um, with what, what you're sharing in, in the frequency. I mean, if you're on Twitter, you, you can see the frequency of people posting and some of them are posting, you know, 75 times a day and it's all automated you know it's obvious because you know who can fundamentally do that yeah. um and it's it's not genuine the guy who started that is guy kawasaki i remember following him on linkedin <laughs> and maybe on twitter and i had to unfollow him because it was just relentless it's too how much. could someone you know and it was before it kind of occurred to me that well this is all automated you just thought well you know there's some intern or something just sitting there posting over and over again and it just got to be too much yeah i think you have to be careful of you know the whole out of sight out of mind it's it's a delicate balance yeah but you have to make sure that the content that you're that you're sharing it's really thoughtful and it's something that is is highly impactful but if you're just kind of spraying and praying and hoping that you're going to share a bunch of stuff and get engagement it, it usually isn't going to work yeah and a lot of people do apply the old spray and pray technique to these new mediums that are supposed to be different but a lot of people have taken the you know rules from the 1990s and uh 2000s and applied them here when the rules are really different on how to engage with people don't you think i do i mean if you look at one big argument in the sales community if you want to call it that cold calling i mean i believe cold calling is dead i i, I can't stand when someone randomly calls me out of the blue right most of my clients, if I ever try, even clients that I know, if I call them randomly about a, a project question that we're working on, they're like, oh, hey, it, it catches them off guard. And especially if people are working on stuff. So Yeah, and that brings us to what we're getting at here, social selling. And I, th I think that there's a difference between selling and marketing. So how do you deal with that in social media? And when do you switch from marketing mode to selling mode? Very important question, I think. Yeah, that's a great question. I think selling really boils down to your own personality and also empathy, putting yourself in, in the shoes of who you're targeting, whether as a marketer or, or as a salesperson. Right. I don't believe in the hard sell. I'm actually the anti-sell um, when it comes to selling. I believe in helping first and building relationships. Yeah. And the sale in inevitably does come because people want to do business with, they want to work with like-minded folks or people that, that they in enjoy spending time with or engaging. And if you pay something forward, it always comes back to you. Um, so I, I think that the way to mitigate that is to know your audience and to not be so quick to sell, to focus on building that relationship, marketing yourself, and then that'll intrigue people on selling whatever product or service that comes along with that.
All right, next time, Jonathan is back and we'll explore some success stories. We'll also get a glimpse into trends Jonathan is following. So stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly, T. Jordan of A-Class Productions, wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home-free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.